Welcome back to Field Notes by Ag Choice, an educational podcast focused on inspiring growth in our families, businesses, and rural communities. Thanks for listening. I'm Rachel Sadison, and with me is Rachel Wagoner. Rachel and her husband, Chris, are the next generation on the Wagoner's family farm, Tall Pines Farms, in western Pennsylvania. They launched their business in 2020 and sell grass-fed, pasture-raised beef and lamb, as well as breeding stock and hay. Rachel is also a 2021 recipient of the iChoice Farm Credit Jumpstart Grant, which awarded 15 startup farmers with a $10,000 grant this past fall. Rachel, thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So Rachel, why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners a bit more about yourself and your operation there in Western PA? Okay. So uh, I uh, married into a farming family. I didn't grow up on a farm. I tell people that I grew up sort of farm adjacent, you know, living in a rural community, knowing people who had farms. Um, so I married into the the Wagner family. Uh, my husband is the fourth generation on this land, although his family's been farmers uh, much longer than that. His uh, great-grandfather bought this farm. His grandfather ran it for a long time, uh, up until his 80s, and he just passed away, my husband's grandfather, in uh, January of last year. And that's when he finally transitioned, uh, because he had to at that point. (laughs) So uh, that's when we took over. Uh, We'd been sort of helping uh, Papap, you know, along the way, because as he was getting older, he needed, you know, strong hands and strong backs. Uh, So that's what we did for him. So uh, we just took over in the past, uh, basically year, two years. Um, you know, it used to be sort of just a hobby farm with some beef cattle and some hair sheep, and and you know, just sort of raising stuff for for our freezer and for some other people's. Uh, and we decided, you know, once we could take over, that uh, we wanted to, you know, make it into a business, sort of make it make it not only pay for itself, but also. Um, do a little bit more than that so that we could, you know, be able to keep the farm in the family for, you know, another four generations to make it, uh, you know, financially viable, as well as, uh, you know, environmentally sustainable. And oh, I should mention, it's not just my husband and I, we run the farm with my uh, in-laws, Glenn and Janice, and we, you know, the four of us run everything together pretty much. It's a Um, you know, we try to make decisions together as much as we can. Um, And sometimes, you know, people, I run the sheep flock pretty much. Uh, You know, my husband and father-in-law do a lot of the land and equipment and those sort of decisions. And my mother-in-law does everything else and keeps all of us going and keeps us organized and watches my kids. (laughs) So, yeah. That's great. A true, true family farm at work, right, Rachel? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the definition of in in every in every way, good and bad. Um, And, you know, people know what that's like. (laughs) Now, I know uh, rotational grazing is a big part of your operation there, Rachel. I guess what have you seen are the benefits of rotational grazing and, and how do you manage it there on your farm? So we started rotational grazing uh, with our sheep flock, mostly from a parasite control uh, standpoint. We were having some issues with barber pole worm, which is pretty common in sheep in this area. Uh, so we just we started doing it just basically to get a parasites under control. And uh, we also uh, noticed a ton of other benefits after that. So uh, the the one pasture that I started doing it in, I mean, it was just uh, it was recovering better from grazing throughout the entire grazing season, unlike other pastures, which had been continuously grazed for, you know, decades. Um, our animals were gaining weight better. Uh, they were just, you know, everything was looking better. Like there was just 
there were no downsides to it except all of the labor in um, putting up the fence and moving the animals and taking down the fence and just doing all of that stuff, which is where this uh, grant comes in because we're using it to put up some semi-permanent fence that I won't have to take down um, every few days. So it's really um, like this is a huge game changer for us from a from a management standpoint uh, because rotational grazing is really, uh, man, it just I can't say enough about it. It's it's done so much for our operation. And we just we started it just because we we had some worm problems and we thought, well, we should probably move them a little more. And just all these other things started happening, which is, you know, a lot of these best management practices, um, you know, they, they are that way for a reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great that that's really worked there for your operation. And certainly we're glad that the, the grant funding is going to good use there for some some fencing for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We yeah, we got all the supplies. We're doing all the work ourselves right now, actually. And it's taking <laughs> it's my father-in-law and I doing um, a lot of putting in fence posts and a lot of banter that we have between uh, the two of us. So I think my husband and my mother-in-law are glad that they can just send us out <laughs> in the field and get rid of us for a little while. On a lot of um, evenings and, and weekends. That's great. So now, Rachel, let's talk a little bit more about the products that you produce. So how are your beef and your lamb sold and how do you market them and that type of thing? Okay. So we actually just started something new last year, which was selling um, retail cuts of lamb. Before that, uh, we've sold everything, you know, halves and holes. Uh, so freezer, you know, basically freezer beef and freezer lamb. If you wanted a whole lamb, if you wanted a half or a whole cow. Um, but I wanted to start doing retail cuts last year because I thought we were missing an opportunity with people who just didn't have the freezer space. They didn't, you know, want to commit to, to a whole animal's worth of meat. So, uh, we launched retail sales last year. We found a USDA, uh, butcher to get our lambs done at, which is pretty challenging. I'm sure a lot of people know how hard that is. Um, but it's been worth it because of all the people we've reached that either have not eaten lamb before or um, just weren't able to get it for whatever reason. You know, they didn't want to get a, a whole lamb. They didn't know what to do with all the cuts, but they maybe wanted some uh, lamb chops or, you know, a leg roast or something. Um, so that's that's what I started last year. We're continuing in that this year. I'm hoping to also do that with our cattle now. Um, and uh, I mean, we also sell breeding stock a little bit on the sheep side. I just got a registered Katahdin hair sheep ram. So we're hoping to sort of do that just to, um, you know, have lots of opportunities to market. So if, you know, the meat side of things, if we have challenges there, we could do breeding stock. Um, we just got a little bit more rented ground to do some hay in to explain, expand our animal numbers. And then also to eventually be able to start selling more of it. We used to, we, you know, got our animal, you know, animal numbers up. We needed to make more of it for ourselves, but, um, we just, we want to have lots of avenues to get money. And we're trying to sort of build all of those up now, instead of just relying on either, you know, people to buy holes and halves and whatever price you can get at auction, we want to be able to, you know, command a price in, in a bunch of different ways. Mm-hmm. Well, and diversification certainly is something that we've seen a lot of in recent years and, you know, glad to see you putting it to use there on your farm, Rachel. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think we're, sometimes we're diversifying a little bit too much, but I think in, in this sort of growth period where we're just starting off and we, we can experiment a little bit, it's kind of fun to see what works and, and what doesn't, and then what doesn't, we just, you know, we won't do that again. And we'll know that we at least tried it and we can say, well, that that's not for us. Mm-hmm. 
So Rachel, what would you say has been some of the biggest challenges that you and your husband have seen about, you know, coming back to the family farm and uh, along with that, what resources have been helpful to you? Uh, The biggest challenge is just knowing, uh, I guess, what you don't know. A lot of the sort of the business and the financial stuff, uh, you know, the bookkeeping, the just the regulatory things that you didn't really think about or worry about too much as a hobby farm. You could sort of like go under the radar, but as you become a business and you want to do things the right way and you're really, you know, being customer facing, um, just sort of figuring out all of those things that you need to get lined up because, you know, we've been doing the animal and land management part for a very long time. So we feel like we have a pretty good handle on that. And now it's just all the, all the business stuff, which I know every like that's anyone who runs their farm as a business thinks like, yeah, that's the hard part. The animal stuff is the easy part. You know, the land stuff is is kind of the easy part and the fun part. Uh, it's just all the business things, you know, how to, what kind of accountant do I use? Do I need a lawyer? What lawyer do I need? Can I get someone who is familiar with agricultural things? Um, and just knowing the the resources like this grant or like other, you know, state or federal programs that you could sort of get financial aid from. Just knowing where all of these things are and how to get them. And it's just, uh, you know, it takes a lot of phone calls and emails and searching around and just talking to people to figure that out. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. Certainly, you know, building a network is important for uh, beginning type farmers. And, you know, like yourself, like you said, um, you know, you, you all have been in, been in business for a while. Sure, you're taking some different um, different avenues here with how you're marketing your product, but you know it's still difficult. It's still difficult to you know figure out what to do, who to ask, and, and all of that. <laughs> now, Rachel, so what do you envision for the future of Tall Pines Farms? Uh, we want to just sort of get bigger in every way, which I, I know sounds a little maybe crazy and lofty, but um, I'd like to sort of expand our sheep numbers. We have a pretty big land base that I think we could handle it if we. Um, sort of manage things better, which again comes in with the with the new fencing project that we're doing because of the grant that will free up a lot of time for us to start, um, you know, working on other parts of the farm to get them up to snuff to, you know, put our animals there uh, at different parts of the year, you know, doing some different grazing type things, you know, and we have a lot of wooded areas. I'd like to do more silvopasture. Um, so in addition to just sort of expanding everything on the animal side and, and sort of doing better infrastructure stuff, I'd love to uh, start doing more things in the community just to get them involved in the farm, um, you know, doing some events some agritourism things, I guess. I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to start like a hayride and a pumpkin patch things, but to be able to invite people onto the farm to show them what we're doing. And so that they could have that experience, Um, because I know, I mean, we are truly privileged to be out there um, every day, just, you know, being in the outdoors, being on the farm, doing all of that stuff. Uh, And I just I'd love to be able to share with people in some sort of way that is, um, you know, safe and educational and and interesting and fun for them. So as we wrap up here, Rachel, could you share one piece of advice you have for someone interested in starting a farm? Just don't be afraid to ask questions. Like there, there really is no such thing as a stupid question because, you know, everyone had to learn something at some point. They all started somewhere. You know, you, you don't start off in a business knowing, you know, what sort of accounting stuff you need to have or what sort of regulations there are about manure management or, I mean, just if you don't know, just find someone and just ask the question. Even if you feel like, ah, like I'm, I'm going to sound like such a noob, you know, I should know this. 
just find someone, you know, find a, find a good mentor. I mean, that's how you get mentors is you find people who do know who can help you in, um, you know, any sort of area that you're weak in or that you're lacking. So yeah, just do not be afraid to ask questions. That's the only way you find out. Um, and really it's better to just talk to a person and sort of talk it out about different things you're wondering and have that conversation instead of just trying to go it alone. That's great. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I love that, Rachel. So, and, and finally, could you tell our listeners where they can find you online to learn more about your farm and to connect? Sure. Um, so our website is uh, Tall Pines Farms, and that's Pines Farms with two you know S's on the end there, PA, tallpinesfarmspa.com. Um, and that has all of our, you know, like really nice business stuff and, and where you can sort of shop online for our products, um, our meat and everything and how you can do polls and halves and deposits and all that stuff. Um, but where we sort of, where I like to have more fun, I guess, and be more interactive and I do fun videos and I, you know, share my, I have a three-year-old son and a five-month-old daughter. Um, so my three-year-old is helping us on the farm with some stuff and he loves to be involved, especially when it's nice out. So uh, I just made a video of him wandering around doing farm chores with me and, and people loved it. So anyway, on our social media, we, I like to have fun there. And uh, I am Tall Pines Farms on Instagram and uh, Tall Pines Farms on Facebook. So, uh, yeah, follow us there if you uh, just want to see me ramble on like I am now and and, and cute pictures of lambs and calves and, and my son. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. We will have to check that out. And all of our listeners, too. Thanks so much, Rachel. And, and thanks again for joining us here on the podcast here today. Congratulations on being one of our Jumpstart uh, grant recipients. Well, thanks so much for having me. This was really, this was really fun. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review, plus subscribe and share it with a friend. As always, you can head over to agchoice.com slash podcast to view the transcript and listen to other episodes. To catch all the latest from us, follow along on Facebook and Instagram at agchoicefarmcredit.